This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. The sun is up. Mm. Well, not really. <laughs> but it's daytime. That's good, yeah. That's a good point. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick, Sammy McKee, the cast and crew are here to start off the week. Hey, I love it. What, this is great. What kind of week will it be? We're not too sure, but uh, it is Halloween. You know, there was a time when early last year when we went on YouTube, we'd be lucky by the end of the show to have like 250 people yeah. like on the, watching us. Yeah. Now there's 250 waiting 10 minutes before the show. <laughs> Good. And true to Halloween... They've got like, they they want to taste some blood today. They want scalps. They want they something want today. What body parts of leaves? They're not happy. Let's today. just talk about the Halloween candy. That that Kit Kat that you gave me before the show with I like know. a little biscotti in it or whatever it was a delightful treat. If you went back in time and gave today's Halloween candy to our parents when they oh. were kids, ah, their minds would just blown. power rank Halloween candy instead of talking about this <laughs> Maybe goddamn we shouldn't do team. That. Anyways. Yeah, and I won't even mention the fact that you bought your candy late and you brought it to work <laughs> yes. and you won't share it. Listen, I'm going to get my five trick-or-treaters that come to my house tonight. I bought 95 pieces of chocolate. I'll do my due diligence. I'll come back tomorrow with 90 pieces of chocolate for you, Kip. Perfect. I like that. Perfect. Like okay, where do we start? Let, let me just start. I'll start with both of you guys just on when when Yarncroft scored... A shorthanded goal to make it three-one. Yeah, how how far or close were you to thinking four-three loss in overtime? Well, you know, I didn't think they would at that point, but I think I texted you guys earlier the odds on Anaheim when Toronto was up two-one. Was like this might be a smart bet right now. So, but no, at that moment, Kippy, I was like, all right, it's three-one. Leafs are a much better team, ton of talent, going through some adversity. No concerns. This is going to be a victory. You were feeling pretty good at that point that Listen, uh, they're going home happy. I, I wouldn't say I was feeling good. Yeah, they got caved in for the whole second period by the worst team in the league, and then they, <laughs> they score a goal to make it 3-1. I'm like, it was more of a relief. Just being like, oh, thank God they're going to the win this here. game. Yeah. And then then things turned a little bit, boys. <laughs> and <laughs> things, things changed. <laughs> and things oh. changed. Um, Holy. What's your first thought this Monday morning on their their record, uh, ten games in, is Rome burning like many on social media are suggesting? Yeah, I think it's really hard to separate what's actually happening with the team versus the noise around the team, the fan frustration. Fire the coach! I sent you guys. Oh my Someone... God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. What's the procedure, stay everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay That's my mentions right now. Is that from the office? Yeah. Okay. That is my mentions right now. And, you know, it's not necessarily directly in line with a team that is 4-4-2, four, four, and two, which, not a good record, not going to pretend it's good. Well, it's not good. It's, it's not good, but they are, they're not equal to me. You know what I mean? Like, it's not as bad as fans are making it out to be. And the, and the, and the feeling is, and we're going to hear from uh, Mitch Marner, too. We've got a ton of uh, Kippers Clippers here. 
that we're going to go to. Uh, Sheldon obviously will, will lead the way here, but there there is a suggestion here that there's been trends, and including past Stanley Cup championship teams that have been 500 or, yeah. or below to start the first eight or ten games. Yeah. And is this really five. any different from the Leafs last year? The record indicates that it is pretty much the same, but... But but the feeling is that they had better results. And, and Sheldon did talk about this, that last season's slow start had a much different feel than yeah. this one. So better process. I, I, it's just, it's not even that they're losing these games. To me, that's the heartbreak. Like, I knew they're going to lose games. Not like that is really that heartbreaking to me. It's how these games just look. It's how the how it happens, how the losses happen to me. It's just... I, we talked about this last night on the post-game show, but it's the coachable things. It's the attention to detail. It's these turnovers. It's these making these high-risk plays. The way that it happens is the frustrating part. Not that they're losing, but, mm-hmm. the, like, the two, you know, the turnovers last night by Marner, the other in L.A., they were turning the puck over all the time. San Jose, it's the turnovers. It's just a very frustrating brand of hockey to watch at the moment. It's, it's, not, and, and it's not enjoyable. We didn't, Justin get that last year even when they were 4-4 four, four and 1 i think it was their second game last year where they outplayed the new york rangers and oh yeah you and i went and, and, and i stepped on your friend's yes, foot yes that's yeah. right and that's what i remember <laughs> you stepping on a woman's foot ruthlessly ruthlessly and the other one was Shesterkin stood on his head yeah they pumped them the, the scoring chances everything were through the roof for the leafs and we, we haven't really seen that this year no that's that you know that's what Keith's referring to and I think the concerning part and Sammy to what you're you're talking about like it would be one thing if it was like oh the Leafs controlling play and they're all over them and they just can't get a bounce or a break or you know this is going wrong it's like they kind of meekly go about their business at 50 percent possession or whatever and then they just lose to me the soft and purposeless is much more appropriate to the start this year than last year like, there's just so many moments in these games, boys, where they just, you barely notice anyone. It's just, like, going through the motions, it feels like. There's just no... When it was like that last year. It was, you know, you had, okay, Simmons was new and Clifford was new, but even Spezza tried to give you a little something. Like, you just felt like you, I don't know. So I wrote that today, and I don't know if you want to talk about that at some I do. point. But Absolutely. we can get there later. We're, we're going to definitely cover that. Um, the other thing, too, was last year when they were 4-4-1, four, four, and one, that included a, a two-game winning streak. Ooh, so so it, yeah. it had already started like the turnover had kind of started already there were signs that they were ready to bust out not to the point where you thought they were going to win 15 to 17 the following games right but there were signs that uh that again felt so much yeah they weren't different. coming off giving up eight points to the pacific division like they are right yeah. now which makes it feel all the worse okay probably is so worse. We, why don't we start with, uh, with Sheldon and just his feeling on, I guess, where he saw the, the change come, specifically, I guess, guys, the, the second period. I mean, it, it's such a fine line. Game starts to go away on us in, in the second period. I mean, I thought we had actually had a real good first period. Um, a lot more, looked a lot more like... Uh, we can look like and the way we want to look. It wasn't a perfect period by any means, but there was a lot of really good signs of life there for us. 
we were hoping that that would continue through the second. Felt that if it, if it were to continue, that that we could really break the game open and, and come alive offensively. And, and uh, the second periods have been a real problem for us here on this trip. Um, it's been a real struggle to get out of our end. And then when that's the case, you, you got a lot of tired people on the ice, and, and then that kind of snowballs. You can't get guys off, and then it sort of ruins their legs the rest of the way. Um, I thought the second period caused a lot of problems for us, yet you know, we're, we are in a position to win the game. It's a huge shorthanded goal to start the third, and then, and then we give them life back when we have the game under, under full control. So I think there are tendencies. Like right now, I think I want to talk about, and you guys want to talk about, like, you know, emotion and character and intangible stuff. But there are some real practical issues here. Like the Leafs D kind of stink. They can't get the puck out of their own zone, boys. And like, that's what he was alluding to in that. He's and he's 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 gone on it for about a good week now. Yeah, yeah right? it's bugging him. It it is really bothering him. You're you're absolutely right to the point where I think he's almost throwing his hands up in the air. Well, saying like I can't going, work with these guys. Like, like what do you expect out of me? Yeah, I. It's to the point where we all know Justin Hall is struggling to the point where the man needs a break. He needs to step out of the lineup so badly, and yet they can't even do that for the man. That's a great point. They can't. He's playing 20-20 a night, fellas. Hall's getting over 20 minutes. It is. It's almost like we are in total house league participation. You're going out there whether you stink or not. Is there a buzzer involved for the three-minute shift? <laughs> Time's up. Because Next he guy. is guaranteed he paid his 500 it. bucks for the year. He gets to play. He gets to play. <laughs> yeah. And they cannot do the thing that would help him the most and get him out of the lineup and out of the fire and let the man breathe. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you're wrong at all. It just here's your issue right now is you have, like, the worst age scenario happening where – Muzzin got old and can't stay healthy anymore. I hope he's doing fine. Gio got old and looks worse. Okay, he he didn't get old. Okay, he didn't get old. Like, as a Toronto Maple Leaf, he was old in Seattle. And I'm not a I told you so, guys, but it was a huge concern in Seattle. And he came here and was pretty good, though. You know, he was pretty good when he got here. uh, We're in... Agreement that he's, he's looking, looking is, was, whatever. He's playing like an old player right now. You got to put him in a position to succeed. 18 to 20 minutes. Far for, too much. For him. Yeah. It was too much for him in Seattle. He is, And then they brought him in here. Minutes. And he should have been. He's a 5-6. Six, six. Six, six, okay, 5-6. 5-6. I'll give you a 5-6. But 5-6 includes 12 to 14 minutes tops. And now you and now now you've put him in a position to succeed. People say they're slow now. Well, he's not helping that when you're playing him 20 minutes. He's a he's a methodical guy. He has to play with his head, Very not smart. with his feet moving. Yeah. Yep. So okay, so Muzzin and Gio looking old. Sandine looks like okay, they're waiting for this guy to take a step to help solve a problem, but he's not. You know, and whether that's because he held out for a you know little bit or whatever, he doesn't look good so far. And Lilligren's out, and so hopefully, fingers crossed, when he comes back, he can. But I just named four guys. Yeah. 
you know, old and young. And Justin Hall may be on the wrong side of old. During his perfect career peak, so, maybe he could play, but it doesn't look like that now. So we're down to Riley and, and Brody. So remind me how many defensemen are on a team? Exactly. Oh, it's six. So it's Riley and Brody. Who like, are playing left. great themselves. Yeah. Littlegren is done, I think, with the Marlies. I think they got three games in. Okay. I think so, he can play on Wednesday, actually, can't he? You know, they should be in the lineup. Yeah, and Ben as well, you think? I don't know how you can't. If Ben's in, Hall's out. If anyone's in, Hall's out, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, I'd say, but, I guess the natural thing would be Lilligren in for Hall for the right-handed shot, and yeah. then Ben in for whoever, Crawl, who's playing on the but like, <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Hey, hey, welcome to the team. Want to come in and nice and slow and no, no, Crawl. no, no. <laughs> you, you're, can you imagine now going to... Jordy Ben saying, we really need you right now. He's like, I didn't come here to be needed. I'm a fill-in guy. And Lilligren. I'm not your solution. Like, think about the way we talked about Lilligren last year in terms of the start of the year to where he got to at the end. But now he's looked upon as like, oh, the savior. Like, who's sure about him? Yeah. He great run for a bit. Kind of fell off for a bit. Playoffs, he wasn't in after a couple of games. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I like Lilligren a lot more than two years ago. I think he can for play. Sure. He'll be fine. But and, as a help savior here. No. I, this is screaming out for a trade, for out of, out, I, of, I out of organization. Yes, it is screaming for one. I, I agree with that, but it's not coming. What do you mean it's not coming? It's Why not? just because there's, there's nothing out there that's going to help you right now. Yeah. There isn't. Trust me, they're looking. So is half the league. What if you it's went just, drastic? There's just not drastic. there. Well, what's drastic? Well, you look at. Chikrin. No, like they just did Hubert Okachuk in the off season. If in season you went, I don't know, we did want to trade Marner, Willie, you know, someone. What if you went with a bigger name? That that there's a big difference between that and what yeah, your tree too- living went through at free agency yeah. or July first and uh, the announcement. It takes time. Yeah. It really takes time. You don't call someone and say, well, what do you give us for, and, and, you know. And you had the right best partner. right winger in the league. You had the right partner in Florida where they thought that uh, Uyghur and, and Huberto were good players but soft. Yeah. And it presented it, it, itself. It presented itself. The way that Kawhi there, there, worked out for the Raptors. There's nothing there right now. You still have teams still trying to figure out what they have, yeah. including the Leafs. And that's why there, there's no answer now okay. for, for another week. Yep. No, I agree. I think, this I think time you make Monday, a good point. It's frustrating that this, there's not this an time Monday, answer. But you're dealing with a loss to Philly or, got Philly, or Boston, Boston, Carolina. Carolina. Next week. You, you go 0 for 3 or you go 1 and 2 and they're bad losses to... Yeah, we're listening to a press conference if that happens. Well, <laughs> we are. I don't know what no. for, whether it's we're a not hearing anything. GM speaking or a coach we're, firing. We're not going to hear anything now. On a coach. Is it... Or, Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to hear anything now. There's just nothing there right now. I know that... Uh, For the we, record, I don't think there should be. We, we I know saw, a lot of people do. We saw Jim Rutherford make an appearance on uh, After Hours on Hockey Night in Canada mm-hmm. last Saturday. I, I don't think that helped at all. Vancouver, even right. though that they've won the next... Oh, he didn't put out any fires. He went out he, there with a can of gas. So, so that's exactly what Brendan or Kyle would do. Yeah. If they if they came forward now, you're right. And and there's some people that think that they're hiding, and or ghosting right now. Like you know, where are they? People screaming, where are they? Where are they? I mean, like, there was a formal request 
by the Leafs Absolutely. media to, to speak to Dubas. For sure. And he and he declined. To speak. As, he, as he should. I, <sighs> I see both. Yeah, what, go Kipper, ahead, Warnie. Even, even if he should decline to minimize smoke, don't you think there are questions that need answering, legitimate ones that I, I just feel give, like... Give he, me one for an example. Do you, does the, you have the coaches back. Is the coach going to be here? Can't answer that. Does not want to publicly because answer that. Because he doesn't know that. himself. He's not putting... He's not putting it on the line uh, November, October 31st or November 1st. Yeah. That, that question, if it's coming, yeah. he's got, he's, he needs to buy time on it. Are you it's looking not, to make a move? It makes no sense to answer it 10 games in. Yeah. I think the reason. And, and there is no right answer there. There's not. And, the, and right? the, I agree. There, there's, there's two answers. One is that, you know, you, you protect your people, yep. and now you're being accused of burying your head in the sand or you're stupid or you're not paying attention. Or you do what Jimmy did and just throw Bruce, Bruce under the bus. <laughs> Bruce to the wolves, yeah. right? Uh, it's a structure and, thing. We're not, we, we have no structure. Yeah. That's, that's not good for the Leafs right now. No, you're right. You've completely brought me over to that side. By not having a press conference, though, it does, I think, expose the idea that we're not certain about what we're doing. We don't know if our coach is safe. We don't know Listen, if we're trading big names. We're not sure either. That's And that's a fine answer. Yes, but, it is. Yeah. But you don't publicly do that okay. now. You might have to down the road, but you, you have another week. You yeah. have Philly, Boston, Carolina. Where things are next Monday, all bets are off. But as of this week, you got a window to say, hey, just just relax here. I do think... Slow week does help. I do think, and you Two can games. tell me if I'm jumping the gun here, but I do think we're skirt, skirting the issue at large here with this Leafs team is like, what is it then? Okay, we talked about the, the D. The D aren't great. They've been had a ton of success with OKD yeah. in the past. So what's going on here? Why is it that they've lost to Arizona, Montreal, San Jose, and Anaheim, who have been in 32nd place at various points? Yeah. What's happening? Is it a bad team? No, it's not a bad team. We've seen these same core drive this bus before. Do you have anything? Do you, are, are you sure they're good? I No. I'm not sure I, they're I'm good. I'm pretty sure I, they're not bad, though, and they're playing we bad. We have always said, I said it at the trade deadline, I thought they were, if they weren't one defenseman away, they were two. So we've nailed that part. Have we not? Yeah. Outside of that, I, I got to go back to what we've said all along, and that is that uh, there's two seasons. There's the regular season, and there's the real season, and they haven't been built by Kyle for the real se- season in, in years. Well, they're not built for this one either. So the the term that we used last year and Sheldon used was soft. And purposeless. <laughs> there is an argument to say they're even softer. Sure. The first 10 games from what we witnessed than what we experienced last year watching them. But I, don't, I, I don't think there's an argument. I think it's a fact. Well, but I, but I refuse so to look at the fourth line, third and fourth line and say soft is a problem. It, we're, we're not saying right now so far is 34 and 16. 
that's the conversation that needs to be had is what's up with these guys. Mitch Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. I think Matthews has See, I, five points in ten games yeah. at even strength. Two goals. I won't I won't argue that they are underperforming without a doubt. Wildly underperforming. Okay. But everything hinges on those two guys really. Yes, they, really, yes, they, really. They're they, paid to be it doesn't work. This is well, hockey. Well, then that's a fair this point. This ain't basketball. This isn't a pitcher that, that controls every throw. Right. This is hockey. At the end of the day, even if you're talking about 20-plus minutes, there is two-thirds on the, uh, of, of the game where they cannot factor in. They are on the bench. Yep. And this is 20 guys in. And they cannot have the pressure. Mitch Marner is now... Feeling the weight of the world on his shoulders mm-hmm. to the point where he needs to go pick up a stick and go smash it in the back. I didn't like it. I huge Mitch Marner fan. Yeah. But that speaks to me of how frustrated he is. But I don't want to see that on my team any more than I want to see a goalie smash it over their crossbar or anything else. You're just tipping your hand to we got you now. We got you. We got you where you want. We want you. And yeah. that's not a good sign. Yeah, and there is something there. And so, Sammy, you, your point about Marner, you thought, fine, he goes and smashes well, the stick when he gets benched. I, I just think a lot of guys smash sticks. Like, I, you know, you've seen videos of guys getting pissed off and smashing sticks, and I thought he went back and did it where he's out of sight. I Like, to me... It's not out of sight if everybody knows what you did. Well, yeah, that's the thing. There's nothing's out of sight. It's on an NHL See, arena. This Everything is what, happens. This is about but. what, what it, it bothers me about it is that if something happens in the moment and you react, you know, you, you scored on, you smash your stick over the crossbar. Yeah. If something happens, you smash your stick, fine. Like, he sat there for a while. This this had it, more layers to it. Yeah, and then there's this, like, premeditated... A bit of a, you are 100%. Bit of a performative act. Well, exactly. No, is, I don't think no, it was a... demonstration. What do you think? You think? It was an act? No, I do think there's an effort to demonstrating that you're pissed at what's happening to whether it's your teammates or your coach, but it feels inauthentic when it's not immediate. Yeah, you make a good point here. And but before we get into it, let's just hear from Mitch Marner on taking out some frustration. Okay. Let's hear from him. No, I mean, you know, sometimes you got to take some frustration out, and that's how you do it. So, um, yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm a passionate player out there. I, I want to always help this team win and do the best to make this team win. And um, I put a lot on my shoulders, put a lot of uh, pressure on myself, and um, I wasn't happy with uh, that second turnover especially. Um, you know, I want to make sure I'm doing better than that and, and helping this team win better than that. And, um, you know, it's just frustration. Sometimes you got to get out of your body, and after that I felt relieved and, um, you know, better. See, all I hear is a guy going, I'm out of ideas. I'm at, at least the, I'm, he's trying I'm, I'm, something. I'm kind of close to the end of my rope right now, and this is all I got. Yeah. And I hear him. I'm Brendan. I'm Kyle. I'm Sheldon. And I hear I put that pressure on me. My first thought is, what have I done to this kid? I'm 10 games in, and he's feeling the weight of the world on his shoulders. We need to play him 27 minutes some night mm-hmm. because – Everybody expects what you just said. It's it's on him. It's on Matthews. We don't show up. We don't get our three points. If we're not McDavid and Dreisaitl every night, yeah. we lose. Yeah. Yeah. There's it, a ton it, of That is on. wrong. That is a fundamental uh, uh, presentation to your fans 
about the game of hockey. I don't know, Kipper. No, like, no, 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 no. No, listen. You he, need you need a team. When LeBron James signs for $50 million, they give him the ball and they say, make There's it work. There's five or they, guys on the course. I understand, but they, they wear the burden of the success. The stars do in that sport. And I understand we don't have as much control over it in our sport as, as other sports. But for Matthews and for Marner... You know, the weight of that responsibility is not something that we should be afraid to put on them. They've earned it. They've accepted the money. They're the leaders. They're the ones who need to live but up they to that. Can't, they can't they, they hang just, every loss on them. No, I agree. And But there needs to be personal responsibility, too. They can't. I understand the point about, like, it's these guys are nothing. Kyle Dubas has put them in a situation to me, not Sheldon Keefe, where it's like, we lose if you don't play well. And that sucks. That's a crummy position to be in. I do feel like at some point from these guys and they say it's on us, it's whatever, there's got to be some me- measure of personal responsibility. I don't know. And I understand he's saying well, it. but I, like I, to And this k- is Matthews too, by the way, and no, we should turn it to there now. But no, just to Kipper's point. Wait, I'm, I'm not, I haven't okay. even started with okay. Matthews but yet. Just to Kipper's point, the pressure of feeling, and listen, like you said, they make a lot of money in their, but the market pressure on them and the pressure on them to completely carry the offense for this team when you're looking at who the bottom six is going over the boards, they just never, like, there's just barely a threat in the bottom six right now. They, I know they scored the shorty yesterday. Yarncroft gets one. It's a different thing. But, like, it has got to be tiring mentally going into every game being like, if it's not us what or Willie. What is left of them for 70 games if this well, doesn't change? Well, if you got to wring everything out of them now, well, you're right. If it's you're, gonna that's be, why this solution needs to come soon. It's either Willie and, jo- and Tavares or it's Matthews and Martin. If they don't get four points between the two lines, you're probably not going to win the game. Agreed. And so this is a discussion about a flawed like, roster last, construction then. Well, last year they had, like, there was, I think I saw somewhere that between Spezza, Kasha, and of last year, they got 47 goals. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so while we're on the subject of Martin and Matthews, we're going to listen to two clips here. One is going to be, Marner, and the other one's going to be on Matthews. Derek, you know which ones I'm talking about? The the one uh, with Marner is he's talking responsibility, and then with Matthews, it's going to be the one that uh, he speaks of, uh, I guess, uh, yes. All right? Let's go to Marner Obviously, first. turnovers for me. Um, first one, trying to make a play in our zone. Just got to make sure I'm certain on that. And the second one, there's no real need to bring it up top and fumble with it. So, um you know, those two I take on responsibility of and, um, you know, gain, gave them momentum in the third. And, um, yeah, it sucks. Uh, I mean, it's really easy. Like, uh, you know, it feels like the world's crashing down on you and uh, all this stuff. But, um, you know, I think what we have in our group and within our group and our organization and everybody within uh, expects a lot from each other. And we have a standard that obviously we need to raise. And, um, you know, it starts with, with within the group. Um, so, you know, it's easy to kind of look on the outside and, uh, you know, read all the stuff that's being written and all that stuff. But in the end, it doesn't matter. What matters is, um, you know, our belief in our group and inside the room and what we need to do to obviously uh, turn it around. Okay, they're feeling it. Marner a lot more, but they are feeling it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, they are feeling and it. And I am not taking them off the hook. I get it. Yeah. People are like... Yeah, you make 22 million bucks between you. Suck it up and score. It's just, come on, we've been around the game long enough. We know that it doesn't work that way. No. 
But do you believe from Austin Matthews that you've seen the same level of engagement or effort or effort's a bad word? Because no, no, I think I saw more effort out of him in the first period or in the first 30 minutes than I've seen uh, in seven other games. Yeah. So I text you guys after he scored, he's going to get three. I thought he was pushing a little harder. Yeah. There's There's also a lot more room. Yeah, there's a ton of for sure, for sure. (laughs) So, okay, but, and how this whole thing played out that led to the benching too, to me, kind of stinks, to be honest with you. And, uh, well, we have, uh, Marner talked, we already did the Marner with the the turnovers, right? Yeah. And he gets benched one shift, which... You know, a lot of people have different feelings on that. And I'd I love think, to hear uh, yours. Uh, you know, I think it was Dave Poole and the TSN had the game last night. He says he should have been benched the whole period. If you're going to do it. Which, you know, I, I don't agree with. No? But, no. Bench the whole period? Are yeah. you crazy? What was there, seven minutes left in there? 13 minutes left or something? With the game still on the line? Yeah, you're up one goal against Anaheim in October. Like, if you can't send a message then, when can you do it? Okay, why are why Mitch Marner on the message when when up until really going into last night, we've all agreed that the closest anyone's looked like themselves is Marner. Yeah. Tavares has been good, Willie's been all right. But yeah, listen. And, and I, Matthews has been the worst. He's been but, real bad. But you don't bench, you don't have the balls to bench Matthews, but you go get Marner and give it to him for giveaways yeah. and then bench him one and then put him back on the ice and say, well, oh, can you get us a goal? Well, that's why it's a little embarrassing. But for me, you know, with a guy like Marner or Matthews, and I'd be fine with either. Did I say in our group chat that I thought they'd sit someone big, like whether it be Matthews or Marner or something like that? To me, Kipper, you show the rest of the team that it doesn't matter who it is. Anyone can sit. We're, we're, you know, we're drawing a line in the sand here. We're not sitting Cali Yarn Croc. Who cares? You know what the most important out of that message is? Just make sure you bench the right guy. Marner's not the right guy. Last night, not the right guy. He has been, he has been the closest to the engine still for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I wouldn't even want to begin to understand where this record would be without him to start. That's not your bench. You want to talk about two, like, errors that he made? The the one that he coughed up, um, well, the, the first one. The one in the D zone was actually not that bad. He no, tried no. a quick little slip that went terribly. And, and that is a play that they they encourage you to do. That yeah. four get foot, it off the wall. The four-foot yeah. pass up the middle is something that they push for. Wasn't that it bad hit, a play. It hit a toe and redirected. Yeah. Not that bad. No, I agree. Okay. The second giveaway that led to the goal is a play that we've seen him do a thousand times. And we marvel yeah. at him. Yeah, yeah. That is his play. I get the point you're up to, though. We don't need you to make that play there. Make the simpler one. But he's paid to make that play. You've loved that play In a time for and four place. or five years. Sure. It's f- If you're telling me right now in a time and place... He's the last man, and he makes that play. I'll rip him a new one. But when he's not the last man, and and you've got Morgan Riley still man in the blue line, yeah, 
And what the hell is Justin Hall doing way over there? I don't know. Okay, no, I'm telling you what he's doing. They're thinking about the next goal. Yeah. They're thinking about offense. But so is Who, Mitch. Who's, but that's his job, Yeah, JB. That's his job. He's paid to make that play that he's made well, a thousand times before. Well, then maybe the point before. is your job isn't just to score goals. It's to be a well-rounded guy and no, recognize how, the game about, so we can get wins, how not about, points. How about two guys just covering for him? How about that? How about I agree the ones that, that Hall's got to be in the middle. How about one guy saying, "Listen, if if Mitch is pushing up and we're in this situation, I'm not going to sniff." Yeah, okay. It's pretty bad. He is not even in your television screen. Where are you going, Justin? Yeah. You're a defenseman. How about your job is to cover up Mitch when he's doing his thing, yeah. and and everything's fine. But then you go and you bench him one shift. The one shifting is the weakest part of all. I think pulling out hey, a good point to be it's, honest. It's, it's like a microcosm. No, well, he's just not the guy that you needed to bench for the rest of the period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a time. Someone's got to, at some point, someone's got to sit. Someone, there needs to be repercussions. Yeah. But this goes back with Keith and this group to the beginning about a lack of accountability for the stars. Okay. It's it's a so, microcosm of him calling them out earlier in the season and, and then just so, going out and apologizing immediately. Right. You did it with him. Matthews has a horrible back check to open the scoring in San, San Jose. Jose. Great time no to do it. Bench. Great time to do okay. it there. He takes lazy hooking penalties God, he was a dog Saturday Jose, night. Wasn't he? Horrible game. Have the guts to go bench your 60 goal scorer, not your engine first. Well, I, you know, why? Because you, well, you're scared he won't prioritize. sign. He won't sign. That's what if you're, you're scared asking of. Asking them who who do you prioritize over Matthews and Marner? They've made that clear from the beginning. Okay, so it doesn't matter how many screw ups. That whole thing's flawed for me, bud. You're picking, yeah. you're picking and choosing who you want to hang out to dry. And Mitch grabbing his stick and smashing it wasn't on his turnovers. No, it's not. It's, it's maybe listening to Sheldon. So here's give the conversation. When going, I'm I'm the guy. That's what it is. I'm it has guy, nothing to do really? with being mad about the turnovers. I couldn't agree more. Totally agree. That is screw you. For deciding it's me who's the one who's going to get signaled out. Now I got to answer questions, yada, and yet, yada. And yet Mitch takes the high road after and says, it's on me, my responsibility. Well, he saves himself a lot of hassle by doing that too. Really? He or could, does it just brush everything under the carpet and we move oh, on? Oh, it does. So this is that, a... So, so tell me... Well, this is a relationship in disrepair. And it's one that Sheldon Keefe does not have the upper hand in because he makes less money, is less important to the franchise. He's secondary. So you have a situation where there's a bad relationship, it feels like to me, and the player doesn't seem to care for the way he's being handled by the coach, and the coach doesn't seem to have the authority to do yeah. much. Well, that's an issue. Yes. That's a big issue. And it's at the heart of what's up with this Leafs team to me. Stars v yeah. coach. And two stars. Cause so here we are. You got a great call. On the goaltender interference. <laughs> you got right? a call, all right. Yeah, was, Saved your point. It was a desperation one to me. I, I like, think Sheldon's lucky he got that call. I, 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 was, I was shocked, to be quite yeah. honest with you. It, it was a desperate game from him to, to start desperate the whole thing. by a man at oh, the no. end of his pitiful rope. Listen, before the game, he's putting Sandine on the top pair. He's putting Willie at center. He's benching his, one of his best players. He's challenging yeah. goals. Like, this is a man who is desperate. It was a desperation game from Sheldon Keefe. So true. Like, there's no doubt he's feeling it. Well, it's the first time I, I can recall him really answering questions about his employment as well. I'm sure it's happened before, but... Want to listen to it? No, no, before we get to that. Okay. Before we get to that. 
another example of of your stars. Okay, you are in overtime. Mm-hmm. You have an offensive zone face off. Mm-hmm. You got Willie out there and Kerfoot. And again, what is said to Sheldon to those guys as they go out there? The puck drops. They both cheat on the offense. Yeah. And then the puck's in your net, what, seven seconds later? Yeah, by the way, great shot. Like, where's the comment on, on Willie and, and Kerfoot cheating to go get the yeah. game winner? I've looked at this a couple times. It is a horrible, Kerfoot horrible thinks play. the puck's going in, and then because it starts to go forward, the Anaheim yeah. center turns and the skate kicks it the other way. Uh, no mention. No mention. That, that well, he to didn't me, mention anything in terms of criticism of anyone. No, but Mitch, Mitch gets singled out. Uh, listen, listen. Pick the do you, right have guy. you watched Mitch Marner and don't think he deserves some criticism? He's got two goals in ten games. He makes eleven million dollars. I, I, I understand that. I understand that. But if you really, truly start on a merit system, yeah, thirty-four before sixteen for me. Well, and I agree. I think thirty-four has been more disappointing in relation to his expectations than Mitch has. And so, maybe that—that's what this comes down to—is those guys having so much authority. The coach feels like he can't even given. That's why the one shift thing kills me with Mitch too, because it's like if you're going to suddenly say, "Okay, from now on, everyone's accountable," what's a shift? A break for a guy who plays, as you mentioned, 27 minutes. Sounds like someone that could backpedal on criticism on the elite players. Yeah. Is that not another example of of feeling the pressure of these stars that yeah. you can't even even if it's the wrong bench, you can't even stick with it. I think if there's a can a point to be made about Sheldon, it's not about his X's and O's or the team system or whatever. It's that yeah. handling these guys seems well, to be a challenge right now. I know we got a few minutes to break and maybe we'll just uh pick it up, but like, you know, and I think Sheldon's saying the right things. I don't when I when he sends Willie out there or Kerfoot on an offensive zone faceoff. I don't think he's instructing them go to, forward, to, to, yeah, jump, to get an early jump off the faceoff and go to the net and score. Yeah. So, what is happening here? Why? Why do they do that? Is if he's telling them be patient or make sure that you got the right side of the puck off the draw? Are they not listening? Where is the the disconnect between what Sheldon's been telling them for three weeks now yeah. and, and what we see on the ice? Yeah, the OT winner to me is just like a misread play, you know, matter of inches. But No, P- it's cheating. P- That's P- what it is. PHP. It's cheating. PHP? Pond hockey point. Pond hockey point. Yeah. Oh, it's just a, yeah, that pond hockey point might come in handy in uh, March gotta, and April. They got to get start, start to get some real points here soon. Yeah. That, that's a question maybe for another day. Yep. Is... Why aren't they? Why aren't they responding to Sheldon? Well, uh, he, I think that's a good question for today. <laughs> it just seems like the poking and prodding is not having much of an effect. Should we listen? So to- I, I wrote an article today yeah. on the idea that, and Kip, you said this to you when I came in today. Yeah. But when a team is talented and yeah. underwhelming and underperforming results, at some point, don't you have a hard practice where someone grabs someone or stands up yeah. in the room and is like, "Hey, can we get our? Can we get it together here?" Like, no. I'm sick of seeing this. Yes. But Would I will, you not stand up and be like, boys? You have to have 
the right guys do it. Yes. And there has to be a ton of credibility. And, and go you, through the list. It's tough on and, this team. And you mentioned Mark Giordano. And I don't think Mark is interested in doing that. I think he's a great choice for it. He's a choice to me for a guy who can grab a guy and... You gotta your own game's gotta be in good shape to do that. I agree. Guys with that. are gonna look at Giordano and go, Why don't you play better, bud? Why don't you play better? Why don't you why don't you start by moving your feet a little bit and you know, instead of being standing still this, while I'm going hundred miles an hour waiting for your pass? There's yeah. there, everybody can now look in the mirror and say, How can I call someone else out when I, I'm not even playing well? And well, that that may that, that includes all of them. Go down the list in this team, and when I was looking at guys who you think could stand up in the room and say something on this team, since I've been watching them closely, Jake Muzzin's been the only guy who can do it because he plays a certain way. He has cups. He has a certain authority. Without Muzzin, Tavares doesn't do it right. Tavares is mild mannered. Willie's not going to do it. The other guys feel like they're they've joined the team of the superstars. They're like, I get to be here for a year. It doesn't that, feel like that, their team. That to me is also always been a issue with this big four thing is that it just never seemed like there's any cohesiveness with people well, outside of the top listen, four guys, I mean, right? You, you just shrugged off that uh, the team captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs isn't the guy to do it. That, that in itself tells me that's, that's an issue here. Yeah, It's an issue. Okay, why? Maybe he why could muster that Tavares, up on himself. Why, uh, Tavares got off to a decent start this year. Could he go to if, Mitch if, and if, Austin and say, he, hey, boys, I know you got more? If he can't, then take the C off your jersey and give it to at least someone else to try it and build on it. Part of the problem is, like, how do you tell superstars they got more? You know, how do you say to Austin or Mitch, like, we know there's better here. You know, what's going on? Who can say that to guys that are that good, that entrenched, that? Brendan? I like that. Let's start there. Probably go to and work. I would imagine... There'll be some meetings behind the scenes that I hope we never hear from because that's where they belong. And things just get behind turned Behind closed yeah. doors. Yep. Okay, someone that can speak on that behind closed doors is a guy that's lived it uh, at every level, man. That's Rick Tockett, Stanley Cup champion, coaching, seen the best. Yeah. In a couple of uh, generations now, from Mario to Sid I'm sure he's going to weigh in on a lot of this. And I want to get his thoughts on what he thought of Barry Trotz chiming last week. Let's do it. God, we're just warming up here on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. After this break, we're coming back. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. CJCL Toronto. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Still going hard on the Toronto Maple Leafs. This conversation might need all two hours on the Real Kipper and Bourne show, but we got to go on outside here. And yes, he's won Stanley Cups, and he's coached and played with some of the best players in the world. But all-time Gordie Howe hat-trick leader. Legend. That's all you need to know about this guy. Talk, how are you? 
Oh, no, no, no. The city's on fire right now. <laughs> they want heads. <laughs> heads are rolling, or so they say. But you've played in still some tough markets here. Um, not, I know you didn't spend any time playing for the Leafs, but demand in Pennsylvania after, uh, you know, with Mario there and in Philly, we knew in, in the height of the Philly organization, man, tons of pressure, always following the likes of names like Bob Clark and Bill Barber, Bernie Perrant. Um, but you've also grown up in this town, Rick. You, you, you know how tough it can be in terms of the, the media. And once they turn, um, it, can, it, can, it can snowball here. Do you get that sense that that might be happening here? Yeah, well, put it, look at the narrative last year. You know, lost Game Seven at Tampa. You know, hard-fought series. You know, a lot. Some people thought Toronto should have won. Obviously, the second half of that game, you know, Tampa kind of held it together. Um, going in, the expectations are high, right? Um, for what I've watched, uh, you know, I think the fans want to see a little bit of a hungrier team. I, I think sometimes everybody's like, "Well, just wait to the playoffs." You got to be careful. You know, you're trying to. You still got to go through the procession, right? A, B, C is all the way to Z. You can't go from A to Z, um, and all of a sudden turn it on. Um, Kevin, what I've seen, it, it's a perfect example is that the the Arizona game. You know, a lot of possession time, like a lot of fancy stuff, D dives, all it was stuff that we all love. But you got to start getting inside. And uh, you know, I, I, I listened to Mitch Marner's comments after the game simplify, maybe get pucks in the net. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's the most overused, but probably the most truth statement any player or coach wants. And that's what the Leafs need. A little bit less possession, like fanciness. And once you be, like, I'm a big believer. Once you be pressure, it's got to go. It's got to get somewhere to the net or whether it's a one-timer, but there's got to mm-hmm. be people around. And that's something I think misses a little bit because they get a lot of possession time. One of the things that's happening here right now is Matthews and Marner are kind of the everything for this team. They need them to succeed when those guys don't score a ton. uh, The team doesn't succeed. It's a ton of pressure on these guys. But right now there's sort of a weird dynamic happening with the coach where he doesn't seem, you know, he criticized them, then he kind of walked it back, then he benched Marner for one shift, then he put him back out there, and there's sort of this dynamic where the co- the those two guys don't seem to love what's happening with the coach, but I guess I want to get your take on the dynamic between superstars and coaches when the superstars are so big, famous, rich, important to the team, and the coach has a, a, a challenge there to, to, I guess, equal that. Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to Gretzky today, and I asked him, because we're going to talk about this on our show later, uh, and on our Wednesday telecast, you know, have you ever have you ever been benched as a star player? You know, you're talking about the ultimate guy, Wayne Gretzky, and he has. Like, you know, Sather went after him one time, and you know, not very often. Um, the easiest answer for me and we were, me and Wayne are talking if if the star player can take it. You know, you're going to get that. You know, you turn the puck over a couple of times. You know, and you're going to sometimes, you know, not all the time. You'll get set, and it's it's the comments or how the the star player handles it really helps the coach. Because if he doesn't handle it right, then the fire begins. Um, if he handles the right, says the right things, plus your teammates are watching too. You know, they see a guy, you know, I'm not, I'm not specifically saying Marner, but if you, you know, guys toe dragging the blue line a couple of times when you're up, um, you know, where's the consequences? And so I think it's, it's a, it's a coach related thing. And, and that, that stuff builds as uh, your relationship where you talk to the guy the next day, Hey, listen, I didn't mean to come after you, but Hey, we can't have that. And usually it sorts itself uh, the way out. But yeah, it's especially in the, it's Toronto, so it's going to be really, really people are going to watch that dynamics. 
So you experienced Stanley Cup with uh, two of the greatest players, uh, you know, in this generation, Crosby yeah. and Malkin. When they weren't going or when they were frustrated, as a coaching staff there, when you were there, uh, when where was the emphasis on the rest of the guys? How much do you start leaning on them? How much do you start squeezing them to help those guys buy some time? Yeah, great question. I, I, I just from my time in Pitt, when Jim Rutherford acquired a Nick Benino and Hags, Haglin and Trevor Daly, uh, you know, Hansey, we got the next year. Like, these type of guys really took some pressure off Sid, uh, Gino, and, and Latang. It's always hard. You're always having the same guys got to step up and say the same. So you need that supporting group to really help you. Um, and you need, listen, it's the same thing in Pittsburgh right now. They're struggling. The bottom six is invisible right now. You need your bottom six to take pressure off the stars. Whether it's, you know, Nick, you know, changing momentum, you know, whether it's a, you know, I hate to say it, a, a great hit, like a, a great possession, and then another possession shift where you're just all over the team. Your team might be sleeping a little bit. So I think the Leafs are looking for that, and that would help the star players, and maybe that's what Sheldon Keith's looking for, um, a little bit more change of momentum, not just by the stars. And I, I listen, I, I've read, yeah, you know, the star players got to be stars, but you got to get those, you know, those complimentary pairs that can take pressure off your star players too in, a, in, an, 82, in the 82 game schedule. You know, I, I didn't play at the level you guys did, but I played for till I was, you know, in my almost 30 years old playing hockey. And, and I kind of think back to some of these seasons when I was playing and I, I kick this around my head right now, because I'm not sure what the answer is, is, you know, everything, everyone right now in the Leafs is saying, well, we've got to be patient and process. And Matthews is saying, uh, you know, you, you want to be an upbeat guy. So there's smiles at the rink. You don't want to be down in the dumps. But don't you feel, well, I shouldn't even say don't you feel. Aren't, isn't there a time where it needs to suck? Like, isn't there a time where it needs to be miserable and the guys are upset at each other and grabbing one another and trying to push? The, like, it can't always be just ride it out and it'll get better, can it? Yeah, and Dick can, can kind of talk about this too is, Here's what I think. Yeah, I, I understand the smiles. You get the rink. You know, it's business-like. You know, you're struggling. The team's not playing the right way. Uh, I, I don't believe in everybody hermits. Everybody goes in their corner. Nobody talks to each other. But, you know, there's got to be a little bit of, you know, calmness there. But once you hit the ice practice, sometimes practice has to change. You know, I, I don't believe, you know, everything's honky. You're smiling. Guys are, you know, just going in, going through the drills. No, there's got to be a little bit of heat on the practice. And as players, you can put heat on each other by, by demanding a guy – you know, in a three-on-three drill to really bear down and, 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 and really check me. And, you know, I, I'd like to see that. Uh, yeah, the smile and stuff away from the rink and going for lunch, yeah. That, I mean, yes, I don't want to hang with some grumpy guy that doesn't say anything at lunch. <laughs> but at practice, I want this guy to be grumpy, and I want him to challenge me. Yeah. I want him to – when I go to the front of the net, I want the, the defense to box me out hard. On, and I just want this guy to just have a smile on his face and let me do whatever I want. It's the only way you're going to get out of these funks. So it's a little overstated, but I know what you're saying. But – I still think that comes with practice. You can you can be grumpy and a little business-like in practice, and that's okay. We're talking to three-time Stanley Cup champion Rick Tockett and all-time leader in Gordie Howe hat-tricks. One thing that uh, Sheldon said in his post-game comment that kind of stood out for me, talk was uh, the game slipping in the second period and how sometimes guys get caught and uh, they're tired and they lose their legs. And I'm going, you're 10 games into the season, and we're talking about lost legs here. When, when you're coaching, when you've been behind the bench as long as you have, 
do you know when your team's in shape or out of shape, or is that just kind of one of those things where, you know, if a new coach comes in, it's the first thing you say, they're out of <laughs> shape and I'm, I'm going I'm to work on it. Um, is, is, is it, is it, can you really see if teams start fading? Cause I'm starting to wonder, are, are the Leafs in shape? Yeah, that's a good. I, I think what it comes down, you can tell as a coach of practice, you know, you have your 30 minute pace practice. You see guys sucking wind after the third drill, you're in trouble. Uh, but saying that, Nick, like th- this is where I have a tough time, and I'm, I'm back of the coaches here, where second period, if, if that's the case, short your shifts up. I, not, like today's game is very skilled. It's high tempo. It's north. It's get the puck up and then let the guys' skill players win. Uh, the old days where guys could take a stay on for a minute and minute, 10 seconds, they don't exist anymore. It's too fast of a game. And sometimes I see that uh, where some guys overextend. Um, and I'm not blaming. I'm not saying Sheldon Keith. I'm saying that sometimes us coaches got to get make the players more accountable. You know, you don't always have to. Yeah, you want your star players as much as possible. But it's like Sid. Like I, I, I listen. I always use him as a great example. I remember one time he said uh, Sully played him about 22 minutes or 20, 21 minutes one night. He said, "Talk." He goes, yeah, "Do me a favor. Give Sully. You know, just tell him to back off me a little, a minute or two, or just like I'm going to shorten my shifts. So I'll just get me out there quicker." You know, when your star player tells you that, that's a great thing to hear as a coach. So back it off. Like, instead of trying to, uh, I'll stay out for that other 50, maybe that puck's going to get to me, and then I'll change on the way back. Switch it up. Talk. You know, switch, change on the way, change on the way up. Maybe get some fresh guys out, and the coach will get you back out there. So I, I have a problem with that sometimes when guys say, ah, well, I'm losing my legs. Well, you know what? You can do something about that. First of all, you can be in shape. And second of all, <laughs> shorten your shifts up. Yeah. You know, like, shorten your shifts up for the second, and I'll get you back out there. Talk. This is almost like the chicken and the egg here now because you, you, Sheldon's got to go to Mitch Marner sometimes and ask him to play 27 minutes. And it's like, if, if the guy's made a mistake, maybe he's just tired. Well, if you're playing, if you got to play your player, if you got to play Mitch Marner 27 minutes in, uh, in November, you're in trouble because, yeah, there's going to be some games where they're going to, but you got to use the bench in today's game. You know, you, you, you know, you, Tampa Bay and Colorado, yeah, their star players played a ton, but, you know, those third and fourth lines are so big. And uh, mm-hmm. you have to develop that confidence in November for those guys. You just can't. So, yeah, I get it. Some games you're going to play your star players a lot, but you, you can't play these guys 26, 20 minutes. No, no chance a night. Look, look at McDavid and Dreisaitl. I think since the coaching change, uh, they've backed those guys off a couple of minutes here and there. And I think in the long run, that's going to help Edmonton. That's just my opinion. Yeah, just looking at the uh, time on ice leaders for forwards, Marner's number one in the NHL, plays them more than anyone else. Matthews is 10th. It's a lot. Um, you know, hearing all this discussion about, you know, how to get out of these funks and what to do with the players, I hear practice a lot. You know, with the rise of sports science and rest and sleep doctors and everything, it just feels like teams don't practice anymore do you think that that hurts teams, like their ability to change course? Like, I, I don't know when the Leafs sort of practice on a road trip to Vegas and California, and it's tough these days, isn't it? Absolutely. When I when I was coaching Arizona those four years, especially my first couple of years, we had, you know, I had a lot of 18, 19-year-olds, the Dvorak's and Kellys. They were 19 years old, 18 years old. And our schedule, you know, it's one of the, you know, it's just like their schedule this year, the Coyotes, awful, terrible. We went... 14, 15 days without even having a regular practice because of the travel. Wow. When you, especially young guys' development, when they don't, the older guys can get away with it because they're savvy. They don't have to practice much. They use their brain. Uh, younger guys, they're like, you know, the thoroughbreds. And they, 
you got to repeat stuff with them. You know, they, they hey, you got to be in this spot. You can't just show them on video. You can't just tell them before the game. They got to feel it. They got to taste it. So that to me is a bit of a problem. Um, and that's why coaching is so important. Is there other ways to coach your players? Not always on the ice. It's hard, you know, maybe smaller, you know, smaller meetings, uh, you know, less, you know, maybe aligned meetings instead of full meetings. There's, there's different ways to do it. Um, but I'll tell you what, that, that is a problem. I think that there's not a lot of practice time, especially for some teams in the West. They probably get about 15, 18 less practices a year than, than the East. And that's huge advantage. Talk, I want to play a clip from Sheldon Keefe, on, uh, and I want you to listen if he's worried about his job. Derek, can we have that? Do you worry that your job might be on the line if you can't turn this thing around? I'm just going to focus on what I can do here. i got a job to do with the group. Our group has responded um, in the past. I thought we were responding well here today. Again, we, we look back to how we started last season. It was a pretty similar game in, in nature to this one that, you know, it's overtime and we get the win and it changes changes things for us. Obviously, we don't have that feeling going home here now, but we certainly have lots of reasons to continue to, to work and get better. we got to get home and get rested, uh, get to get some, some healthy bodies in our lineup uh, here soon too. So those kind of things will give us a boost in and of themselves. Talk, is that a fair question? Yeah, I mean, especially in that kind of market, you're going to have to answer that every once in a while. I think he's answered it for a while now. Um, yeah, I think here's the thing, and we've all felt it. We're all human beings, and I've felt it. You can't change your uh, your personality because of it. Like, if the heat's on you and you know it, the worst thing to come in is be different. To you. Your players see that. They, they, can, they can feel the, the stress if you do that. You've got to be consistent, be who you are. You know, believe in what you're doing, uh, and that's the best way for players to, you know, for them to get out of it is when the coach is consistent, stays. You know, obviously you can tweak certain things. Don't get me wrong, but you are who you are. Um, all of a sudden, you're a chipper guy. All of a sudden, you just don't talk anymore, and you're mad all the time. They're going to know, hey, the heat's on. So you got to be consistent. So I think he answered perfectly. You know, he's been there before, and you know, I think they struggled at the beginning of last year. So um, yeah, I think he was fine the way he said it. Yeah, that was great. One more before I get JB in here, and I, it, the follow-up is is Barry Trotz making a comment, public comment, on uh, being intrigued by coaching a Canadian original six team. Uh, you don't have to connect the dots far on this one, talk. If I'm Sheldon, that comment pissed me off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, Trotz is the type of guy that uh, I don't think he can sit very long. I mean, you know, Taking a year, he's a he's a hockey guy. So when he, when a guy like Trotz, and listen, you, you saw this summer. I mean, a lot of guys, including myself, and a lot of guys were on the sidelines. Everybody had to wait for him to decide, and that's the fanfare he has right now. So when he says that, you know, it, it does connect the dots to a couple of Canadian teams because of his stature and you know the way people perceive him. Um, yeah. But it is what it is. I mean, I, I think he's Let's just create some news. Talking. Would you would you like to coach in a Canadian original six yeah. city? Talk. Throw your name in the hat. <laughs> yeah. That, if I said that, that ain't going on front page news. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so, oh yes, it is. Yeah, Rick Talkett stakes that job. But I get it. Hey, listen, it'd be, it would be it would be great. Uh, yeah, any any coach would want to coach one of those, you know, an original six team. It'd be incredible. All right, I'm going to throw one more uh, question at you. Um, just just yep. curious what you think, how much the regular season is for experimenting versus dialing in what's for playoffs. I'm looking at the Leafs lineup. They got Robertson, 
uh, Mulgan and Yarncroft yesterday. Like, how much experimenting should they be doing versus trying to find a playoff-built roster? Uh, well, you, you you can tinker around a little bit, you, you, but you got to know your characteristics of your lines. Like, you got to find that third line and give them a little bit of time where they could go and, and do the things that they can do, whether it's change momentum, you know, shut the teams down, um, you know, what, you know, whatever, change something. Um, but yeah, you, you, as coaches, we always get criticized because we like the, you know, we got the, uh, the lotto, you know, the numbers, they'll go with this guy tonight, this guy tonight. So sometimes you got to, especially with a team like Toronto, I think you can go a little bit longer finding out what you have. If you have a third line, you're trying to find a fourth line, give it, give it a little bit of time. But, um, you know, I think sometimes coaches, we do pull the plug because we want instant success. But for Toronto, they it's, it's like I said, it's a development all year trying to get them ready. Uh, and obviously they've got to make the playoffs, but see what kind of team they are and get people in the right spots. And that's, you know, that could take a couple of months. I think historically we've, we've thought of American Thanksgiving for teams needing to know what, what they had. How long into yeah. the season before you knew what you – a team that you were behind the bench on was? Did- you know, I, I think you look at about 20 games in, um, and this is where the GM and the coach have to be in sync, you know, where they're, they both realize, hey, listen, you know, we, we gave it 20. We really, this area is really concerning. We got to have to figure this out. Uh, if the, the problem is, if they're not, you know, I've been on situations where you, you know, the GM and the coaches or the, or the coaches are on a different page. You know, GM says, oh, no, we're fine there. And the coaches are like, what? So I, I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the sync between the two coaches have 20 games. What, all right, here's where we're at. What do you think? What do we need? That's got to be definitely a, a roundtable discussion, uh, you know, a couple of months in. Hey, Talk, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Great questions, man. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Talk. Yeah. Love it. Rick Talk. TNT hockey analyst every Wednesday night. Three-time Stanley Cup champ. Such a... For a guy who says exactly what he thinks, he's, he's smart, right? He's measured with it. No hot takes. Sounds yeah. like he wants to coach the Leafs. <laughs> just, he didn't say it, but we're going to push him in there. Well, he he didn't want to be the assistant coach here. Yeah. Hell. Yeah, he seems to be... He's in a problem. position where he can come in and... Probably making great money doing television now. He doesn't need the the, the pressure to right. uh, it's not a, a money thing to, it, to crawl and take anything he can get. He's in a position now where he can turn around and say, "You want me to come and help you? Need four years? I need X amount, three million probably going rate." I'd say that would be yeah, the floor. And, and for him being an assistant, like he probably, I mean, he's like you see. Three-time Stanley Cup champion, played in the league forever with a bunch of great teams, was a legend, coached in the NHL, was an assistant. Like, he's got more, I guess you would say, credit than yeah. Keith would as a head coach, right? Sure. I mean, he comes in and, and yeah, tells you what he thinks yes. from what he's seen. You're like, yeah, yeah, For yeah. sure. Like, as him as an assistant to Keith, to me, is not the right situation for him. Imagine you came to coach of the Leafs, and then they would just had to have te- – we wouldn't be able to – I wouldn't be able to text him anymore. Boys, I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah, you would. MLS, he – it's they go right to the top. Yeah, they get the guy they want. He's already spoken. He, he, you're halfway there. You know he wants the job. It's just a <laughs> matter of now MLSE. That's just a little dance, right? Mm. Well, you know they're big game hunters. Like, they <laughs> they got to come out of this in a hurry now because they got the Flyers who are red hot. 
And they, I know they're not supposed to be good, but they're playing well. Good goaltending. Yeah. Boston, Carolina, Vegas, Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's a big. Is that who's ahead? That's a that's a big five right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's five you know of the what, better though, teams like, in the league. Is right it now. not though that this team has needed that? Maybe. Has that not been the complaint well, that they've been best hey, against too? Dallas. I, I think, I think there's still a window here, right? But it's it's shrinking. Mm-hmm. He said 20 games. He feels like he knows about his teams. Do you feel like that's the number for Keith? Is 20 20 games? No, lower. End of Pittsburgh. Five games. He's got five games to save Stamp his it, job, folks. Five games to if 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 we're talking two and three. End of Pittsburgh. For me, I don't even care about the record. I, I need the, I need might. to see what I see. I need to see I need to see that there's Juice. they're they're Cohesion. progressing. I want to see them on the same page. The the coach, the stars, the leaders. You know, if there's any more conversations about he said, she said, or people reacting to whatever other than hockey, yeah. it's not good. Like they need yeah. to internally have a meeting and say, okay. They need to push pace. They need to dictate. Yeah. They need to be the aggressor on a four check. All the things that we saw pretty much in a 150-point season. A big a big thing that the Leafs have done well over these years that, um, you know, this core has been here was they turn pucks over, right? They go get it. Zach Hyman got in on the four check, got pucks back for them. Uh, McKayev got in on the four check and got pucks back. They just, they don't feel to me like you're talking about push pace. One and done. One and done. You're in, there's a chance you're back the other yeah. way. Or the other team goes in, retrieves it, you're on defense. Yeah. There's just no sustained pressure that we've seen from this team so, in the past. So uh, are the analytics way down way on, down. Yes. On, the, on the offensive zone? They, uh, they look like an average team. Every team they play Anaheim last night, pretty even in ozone time, ozone possession. Yeah. Same for this whole California trip. There's yeah. nothing underlying where you go, ooh, actually, you know what? The Leafs are a sneaky giant here. None of that. Yeah, I'm calling it, I, I think, five games. I think if we don't see a significant change in the way in style of play or aggressiveness or uh, a bit of a streak for some of the hot uh, for for your best players, yeah, yeah, they're going to have to do something quick. They cannot sit on this. Didn't the Leafs get weird hot in November last year? Like they went went fifteen and two after they after they they started two and four. They went fifteen and two, which is off the charts, man. That's just a. That's one for the ages. That 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 yeah. that streak of Listen, seventeen. If this Leafs team has a fifteen and two stretch this year, I'll eat my goddamn hat. So <laughs> maybe I should get hungry. <laughs> yeah, get a, get him on the Sam Cam for that show. All right, let's take a break. Here we got Andrew Raycroft, retired NHL goalie, one time Leaf record holder for most wins in a season. Am I uh, my make right. a stretch there? That's right. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Uh, see, Freddie get it? Did Freddie end up there? Not bad for a guy that six concussions, right? <laughs> really good, actually. Not bad at all. Yeah, really good. Also now uh, studio analyst for the Boston Bruins. He's got a podcast, Morning Brew, with Billy Joppe and Razor. That's what they're called. He's up next, dealing with the pressure maybe in Toronto and also finding out how good are the Boston Bruins. That and more you are watching on YouTube with about 2,000 other people. Woo! It's a big number today. Misery loves company on the Real Kipper and Born Show. More Leafs, more Raptors, more Blue Jays. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Joining us now, guy who knows a little bit about uh, the fish bowl in Toronto, Andrew Raycroft. Razor, um, Boston was supposed to be the struggling team, and the Leafs were supposed to be kind of comfortable around the the hundred plus point season. Uh, like, what's with the role reversal here? Well, NHL, right? We we never know, and it, it's been easy to discount the Boston Bruins and easy to discount the the leadership and the culture that they have, but. Uh, that that was certainly very premature for anyone counting out Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci and Pasternak and Hall and the likes. Uh, Toronto, listen, this West Coast trip can be fickle, and, and you can go out there and you can find ways to lose, you can find ways to not get points, and it can feel horrible. Uh, early in the season, it, it feels twice as horrible, and certainly in Toronto, it feels five times as horrible. That, that I know for sure. Just want to take a quick look at the uh, the Bruins so far this season, and and what's gone is so much better than expectations. I mean, last year they you know they were in the playoffs, but not a, a runaway favorite, and then lost a couple guys to injuries. What has gone so well this season for the Bruins? First and foremost, it's it's depth. They they picked up a few guys. They picked up some competition in the training camp, and they've been at 15 goal scores through nine games. I mean, everybody's getting on the sheet. Everyone's contributing. Taylor Hall's taking a step. Charlie Coyle's taking a step. Jake DeBrus took a step all the way through the lineup. Nick Foligno's been very good this year. Hampus Lindholm's been a, a stud of a defenseman. So I think the, the new voice from behind the bench has accelerated guys, has motivated guys, had, has excited guys. And they've all chipped in and bought in. And it's, you know, again, it's gone perfect for them. Despite the injuries, they needed guys to step up. They knew they had to step up right away as the season started, and they've done that. And in doing so, they've created a cushion already just through nine games in the season. And that example of uh, a guy like Clifton taking full advantage of an opportunity because McAvoy's not there. How much stock has, where's his stock? How, how high has it risen? It's risen a lot, and the pair of Derek Forbert and Connor Clifton was really good in the playoffs last season. All seven games, even on the road, at home, whatever situations they were put in last year was very good. They were rock solid. Derek Forbert, unbelievable on the penalty kill. He's carried that over. Connor Clifton's been able to do that. With Connor, it's always been sometimes he gets out of the lineup for a few games, he gets put back in, and then he tries to do too much. I think him being in the lineup for nine games, being solid with a pair like Derek Forbert, not jumping up and down through the lineup in the back end has allowed him to be comfortable. So he's always played really well. The, the knock against him has been trying to do too much. But with him playing as much as he has, he hasn't crossed that line. He's been super solid. That pairing has been really good. That's awesome. The uh, One of the reasons we wanted to have you on, on top of the Leafs playing um, Boston fairly soon was to discuss playing in this market here in Toronto. Right now, a lot of heat um, on the coach, on the star players, on goaltenders, on everyone. In what ways does the market pressure, in what ways do you feel it as a player when you're with the Leafs? Well, it's relentless. For me, that was yeah. always the biggest thing. It was absolutely relentless. And you, you come in on a day off 
right? You'd, you'd play Saturday night. You'd have Sunday off. You'd come in Monday, assuming you'd never have to talk about Saturday again. No one else in the league other than Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver has to talk about their game Saturday on Tuesday or Monday awesome. and what's going to happen. And you're still dealing with – again, I'll never forget, we beat the Rangers 9-2. to 9-2, to two, guys, we beat the New York Rangers – Henrik Lundqvist chased from the net. I'm like, I'm, I can actually finally read the paper Sunday morning. I didn't do anything. Two goals on 22 shots. A complete off night in the NHL for me. No big deal. Read the paper like a, one paragraph in. Raycroft gave up a horrible goal in the first pair. I'm like, dude, <laughs> like, how is this possible? I, I, I had to put the paper back down. And I'm sure I got asked on Monday or Tuesday why I gave up that goal in the third period in a 9-1 game. So, yeah. It's relentless. And and when you're, you go out on the West Coast trip, you try and have some fun early in the season with the guys. You try and get out. You're in L.A. You're on the beach. And, and you come back and you know you're just going to get smoked. And you blow a couple games and everybody in the room gets tight and gets defensive and you start to worry about what's going to be said or what's going on back home. And I, I think it just it, – it's so relentless. It's a daily basis. And that's what's so different than everywhere else in the league. And yet you cover an original six team. You would think it, there'd be some sort of that 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 pressure um, in, in Boston. Uh, you've got two goalies there in Swayman and Allmark. Allmark signs a big deal that doesn't get off to a great start. You think in, in a in a Canadian market or in a Toronto market, Allmark wouldn't even last it as long as he's lasted in Boston already, and he's off to a good start. Well, possibly. Certainly, it takes a, a certain personality to be able to, to shrug it off because it's a lot. It does wear on you. And obviously, all the guys on the Maple Leafs know they're on the Maple Leafs and are proud of that and want to do as best they can. They're probably trying to do too much than they can actually do. And yes, we're in a traditional hockey market here in Boston. And yes, the Bruins are original six, and it's a really big deal. And don't get me wrong, there was a lot of pressure on this team coming into this season. There was a lot of naysayers especially around here being very negative talk radio here in boston is ruthless and it's known for that it's just it gets put a little bit behind the patriots and the red sox and the celtics like there's other stuff that matters so instead of four hours straight of toronto maple leaf talk on a show it's about an hour of the bruins it's two hours patriots and everything else so it's just not that relentless push for people trying to get stories and make stories and, and that pressure that you feel on a consistent basis. So Cassidy is a coach there who, you know, leaned on the guys pretty hard, I think in a way that maybe was hard for some star players at times, but, you know, pretty, uh, pretty good coach by all accounts. Montgomery comes in, you know, what has the change been with his tone and the way that he's taking care of business here uh, versus the previous coach? Yeah, Bruce Cassidy was here six years, which you guys know is an eternity in the NHL. Yeah. It's a long time, and this lineup hasn't had a whole lot. The core's been here the whole time, so there hasn't been a lot of change over there as well. So to hear that voice six years in a row, the same ideas, the same uh, sometimes too honest critique after games, I, I think it just kind of wore on guys. So I think the voice of positivity of – Let's go and make mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. And guys just hearing that, I think it's energized them a little bit. It's not that Bruce Cassidy was a bad coach. Obviously, he's doing a great job in Las Vegas now. He's, he's a great coach. He knows hockey. He knows how to get guys. I just think 
it got a little tiring six years hearing about, you know, like it would be we needed one more save after every loss. I, I think that just kind of wears on yeah. guys a little bit at, at this level. And sometimes you want the guy to go to bat for you. And I, I think just at the end of the day, it was just a matter of the course, you know, ran its course here in Boston. Not, not, and they, they've said as much. They, they loved him as a coach, but we needed a different voice. With success, they still made that change. I think the Leafs fired their goalie coach uh, last year. <laughs> Is that the same? Um, but, and Krejci comes back. Now he takes a shot the other night. Uh, I hope he's doing okay. Uh, but plenty of gas in his tank. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't have to be Columbo to figure out that maybe he got tired of Cassidy's voice and now he's got a new one. He, com- he comes back. Is it that simple? Um, I don't think it's that simple, but I think to your point, you don't necessarily have to be Columbo. I have not been told that. I have not heard that from anywhere. Um, but, but certainly with the COVID being last season, a little uncertain, I think it was a good opportunity for him to go back if he ever wanted to. But obviously if he was completely happy and blown away, no one ever leaves the NHL to go home if they're 100% happy. So, so there might be something there. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that it's it's not completely cut and dry on Bruce Cassidy, but certainly we can all you know deduce that there might have been something there. How's Marchand looked after having both oh. his hips repaired? Well, he got shot out of a cannon yeah. last Thursday night. It was uh, it was impressive, and and we know the hip surgery that it's more a matter of how you recover and how it feels a couple days later, but. He, did, he, he gained two steps. His competitiveness is absolutely off the charts. He yeah. did not lose any of that. His hockey sense, his ability to come off the wall with the puck every time, it was completely on point. And to come out of a, a, a five-month rehab with two goals and an assist, and boy, was he sniffing for the hat trick. He, he wanted that hat trick <laughs> so bad. Like a nine-year-old looking for an empty net at the end of a game. It was, he, was, he wanted it. He was hungry. You love him, you love Bergeron, but there's something about Pasternak that, uh, as skilled as he is, there's, a, there's another guy who's got that edge and super competitive. What is it going to take f- to get this guy signed on a long-term deal? Oh, it's getting more expensive by the day, isn't it? Uh, it's, it, listen, it, it's, it's about him being happy here, but certainly we all know dollars at the end of the day are, are very important and, and, I think with the salary cap, there's a lot of different ways to structure deals now, and I think that's a lot of talk and negotiation back and forth, signing bonus, et cetera. It's way over my head when it comes to that. But, but to your point, David has taken another step this year through nine games. It feels as though he really talked David Krejci coming back, and he wants to prove to David Krejci that he's going to carry it. He's going to carry this line. All that he learned from Krejci, all that he – he he soaked in being around him in his first five or six years in the NHL. He's trying to pay back that big brother and show big brother all that he's learned and how good he can actually be. That's really what we feel like here around Boston, what David's doing. And to your point, the competitiveness, he, he back-to-back games, Columbus on Friday night, he was the leader. It, it wasn't Patrice. It wasn't Taylor Hall. It was, David Pasternak going out there first shift, winning battles in the corner, being physical. And, and that's, if he gets to that point, it's, it's real, real tough to take this team out. All right. 
enjoy the ride. But this new NHL, man, they could as hot as any team can get. It's unbelievable oh. to watching. It's it's like a, every every week. It's like you're seeing some teams that should be crap winning. Oh, some yeah. teams that should be Anyone winning or crap. Night. Who knows how yeah. this thing's gonna play out? But what a heck of a start for the Bruins. It has been. It's wild, right? Like one hooking call changes some teams three weeks. <laughs> That's all it is. It's like one penalty at the wrong time, and you can't get it back. The momentum yep. is amazing in the NHL. All right. Thanks so much, Razor. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. Have a great night. Andrew Raycroft, former Toronto Maple Leaf, and now doing a great job with Nesson. That's uh, great. It is true, though, eh? It's like some nights you're like, okay, they got it going, and they're good, or they're better than I thought, and they're like... Nah, they stink. <laughs> this, they stink. You know, they my, really my article stink. today was like, if they didn't, nothing, the Leafs. Yeah. Like, I still think they find their way to the playoffs, which means they got to win 40-some times, which means they got to score more than they get scored so, on. Like, So I did some digging on the 9-2 game. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I love stuff like this. Oh, my God. Because I have a ticket on my desk from a uh, game that I went to as a little kid that Kipper played in for the Leafs. Like, I, I love this kind of crap. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Cool. you didn't know that? Yeah, there you go. Um, it was 9-2, but Razor was wrong about some stuff. He only faced 13 shots in that game, and he let in two of them. <laughs> wow, you didn't call out a great guess. Who who uh, do you think led the ice, the Leafs in ice time that night? What year are we talking again? 2006. 2006. December 16th, 2006. I don't really know who's on those teams. Uh, no would, idea. Uh, Brian McCabe still be there? He was still there. He was uh, fourth on the team in ice time with 20 minutes and 27 seconds. I can just give it to you. But Let's you're do never going to get it. Pavel Kabina. <laughs> like, what are the odds we played, were now? Played, played, Pavel Kabina? played at 24 18 that, that night. God, could they use a Pavel Kabina uh, right now? I, was, I loved I was so excited when they signed Big him. Big oh, yeah. right handed D. Yep. And then uh, it's funny. I was just looking at, on the, at the Rangers roster. Uh, the Leafs president played that night for oh, the Rangers. Really? Yeah. Brandon was a, yeah. yeah. Played for the Rangers that night when they you lost. You know what's funny is like the way you remember those games going back. So I was a kid. My dad played for the Kings. So when I'm 10 years old, we go back to watch the Kings play. My dad's retired. We, go, we get to go in the Kings dressing room because my dad still knows everyone. I tape a stick for Luke Robitaille before the game. Really? And in my memory as a kid... Scores a hat trick. It's a big deal. Like we go home. I tell people forever. That same night he that scored same a hat trick. He scored a hat trick. I tell everyone about job. this. Well, yeah, I went and looked it up. He did. not <laughs> <laughs> He got a goal and two it's, assists or something. It, it, he played well. Still pretty good. Yeah, it's so fun. Night, the but. first ever Leaf game I went to was Paul Correa's rookie year at yeah. Maple Leaf Gardens. The Leafs, and I'm like, oh, he was unbelievable that night. Same thing. Hat trick. Zeros. <laughs> Like, he had the Sam Mitchell line, zeros across the board. But I remember him being so fast and be like, this is the greatest player in the history of the NHL. Yeah, uh, Kyle Wellwood had a hattie and two assists that night. There you go. Talented kid. Who? Wellwood? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sick hands. Hey. Who didn't play with someone like Kyle Wellwood, though, that was ridiculously talented, not that committed to everything else? uh, Give me the Matt's. Give me the the Leafs' number one line uh, that night. It would have been Matt Sundin, yeah, Darcy I mean, Tucker, and Kyle Wellwood. They played together forever. Wellwood played in that spot for a while? Yes, they played. Yeah. Tucker scored almost, I think, scored over 20, 20 goals that year. Remember that power play? Yeah. I remember, like, at, on the half boards, down across, you, tap-ins, can, Tucker. Can you see the second line on that sheet? Uh, I don't know. I, just ha- I don't have the lines, but, I mean, like. No, just give me names, You though. want some names? Got, this is a really weird On team. the left side, you got Tucker. 
Tucker, um, who else do you have on this team, Mike? You have Alex Steen, Michael Pekka, Chad, Michael Pekka. Ki- Chad Kilger, Jeff O'Neill. A couple TSN employees on this team. Carlo Coliacopo on defense. Johnny, what year were you there? Johnny oh, Pohl. Gosh, I, I bailed it by 97. Yeah. Yep. Johnny um, Pohl. Steen was another guy where just he still over, over, overused here, right? Not a few years gone. Not a frontline top three guy, mm-hmm. but could slide in anywhere between five and eight, yeah. five and nine, and just be great. Great depth guy for St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, Steen and Bozak were great. Was that Cliff Fletcher did that trade when he traded him for Lee Stemniak, one for one? I don't know. Lee Stemniak got traded for No, I think Carlo was in that deal. Yeah, it was. It was Carlo. You're right. It was Carlo and uh, And and Lee. Stemniak. Who found a way to journey his way to 15, 20 goals for every team. It was incredible that no one said, we want this guy for four years at $4 million per or something. Everyone's like, one year's good. We'll get his 15, 20 and move on. Pretty crazy. Yeah. All right, where do you guys want to go? You, we flushed out the Leafs for one day. Have we know. covered like, everything? I, I do admit to being somewhat Anything worn else? down by it, but we left like 10 clips on the table. What other clips? clips? We, what clips do you guys want? Tell me. Well, we got Keith. We didn't do Keith on all losses. Keith on Marner's turnovers. Keith, Keith on noise. Well, Keith we did on turnovers. difference between. Yeah, we talked turnovers. We did. Yeah. Do you want to just have what Keith thinks of losing? <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. This is Keith, what plan. do you feel about it? Yeah. Sheldon, how much does this one stink? I mean, all losses suck. <laughs> Your whole clip. Does, okay, boy, we does, may save that one. Well, doesn't he just sound beat? Down? He sounds sick to me. Maybe he's got something everyone else has got. I don't know if it's going around right now, but I mean, maybe, maybe <laughs> there was something that was going around for a couple of he, years. He sounds beat down. Beat down. Okay, this one's legit though, from Sheldon. Uh, the one with the the dealing with the uh, the outside here. Sure. Bound to be a lot of noise at home next couple of days before you guys play again. How do you guys deal with that? Um, we're used to dealing with noise. It's not new. And so that's they're, a nice answer. And, and we just I mean, had nice, Andrew right Raycroft answer. hit it. That yeah, the, there's a lot of noise created here. This is way why... more than anywhere else. Yeah. And. If it's one thing that's clear going into this week, they're they're insulated right now. They're they're watching each other's backs. They stink. They, they're like they, penguins in the winter. They, they, Everyone get their backs still, to the they storm. Still, they still feel like they've got time. There's a window. We said earlier in the show that could be the next five games, which could take them close to mid-November. By then, you should have a real good idea. But. Listen, they're they're a tight group. They've been a tight group from the moment Brendan Shanahan introduced Kyle Dubas as general manager. And just, again, uh, he had Mike Babcock, but Kyle Dubas, it was pretty clear in that press conference, if you go back and listen to it, one of the first people that he thanks or helped him get there was Sheldon. Mm -hmm. They're they're tight. Oh, they're tight. They're tight, tight, tight. You can't blame them for... You you can't blame them for... uh, Feeling like, no, we're going to protect each other from here. I, I get, you know, I think you're making a good point that I could see them being like, okay, it's us against everyone. Like we have a chance to prove ourselves right here, and otherwise we're going down. It'd be really nice for them to do it. Do what? Prove us wrong. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. there's a lot of people in this city that are right for Please a long win. time. Please win.
It could just start uh, uh, gaining some room to breathe with a solid win against Philadelphia Wednesday night. Yeah, how about a 4-1? Four one? Four uh, one that's win. what it was supposed to be against Anaheim. They go out and make it 3-1. They're the better team. Just finish the job. Philly's coached up. They're playing hard. Good goaltending. Like, it's not going to yeah. be an easy game. It was, it was interesting too. hearing Raycroft talk about Boston and how it's just like, yeah, it's not that Cassie's not a good coach, but it was just someone new for them to sort of free them up a little bit. Well, their they're, they're bar and their, they're, what do you want to call it, lack of patience? Yeah, but it's, I don't know. Uh, it's a short, Cam Neely's got them on a, a short wick. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't have the length. And, so, and Brendan has had what now, eight years? Has it been eight years? Yeah. That's a, like that. that's a long wick. One thing that I don't think we've touched on was the actual lineup construction on Sunday night. So one thing on Eric Schalgren, which is, you know, you're supposed to put this guy in a position to succeed. He's which played, he was close, guys. He played pretty well. He played very well up, up until a certain point. Should he have played in that game? Here's my, my only reason well, I ask. He played. He's an AHLer. He played fine. Yeah. Like he just there's a they how many shots did they give up just, to the Ducks? Thirty five shots. He just couldn't close it. Like no. that the, that wraparound is not a great goal. No, no, but he was their best player in the second period. He kept them in it in the second. But here's period. the thing: is this team, I you know, they're desperate for a win against Anaheim. You know, is Samsonov's in? Do they get it? You know, do they get that one extra save? Like, should is signaling to the team that this is a weak opponent? So Shalgren's going in. Is that was that the right decision? I don't know. I, I I guess I just feel Listen, like when this when, when you show you, this when, team when it's a you, weak opponent they turn off. When um, when you when you when you when you build this somewhat factory, and that's what Kyle's done. If you take a look at his staff, and you look at the departments, he's built a factory. He. A gut instinct would have said, I, I really need the win Yeah, going home. We're going back to Samsonov. And it's it's early, but we gotta have we're, we're, we're going with, uh, we're, we're, we're changing it up. We're going, he won't do that. He won't do that. He's, he's sticking to the He's going to stick logic. to the, the logic, the percentages, what he thinks, the sleep analytics say, yep. whatever the sleep doctor says, he's sticking with it. Mm-hmm. Which I think is the correct call. Like this guy's, they are tough after that loss. Listen, to it, it, to if agree. You, you, but you're gonna play him on a back to back. You're ten games into the season, and this guy's already he's always hurt you don't too. Play you're, he's you're, always hurt you're too. Gonna yeah, believe you're gonna right, believe what you right. believe, and he also would probably sit there and go, "You're playing the worst team in the league. They can't score. Yeah, yeah. They're when, 0 for 21 on the power play. They're minus two on the power play. Can <laughs> we not win with Shalgren? Yeah, I know, I know. And then you know we. We really didn't get into like the lineup at all. I actually I got it wrong in the uh, interview there. That the, the line was Robertson, Mulgan, and Willie as a center. As a center, yeah. And I mean Kipper was right saying maybe they should put him and try to bring it up. And, it, and I it said just, that Nylander had to drop last week, and he he set up one of their goals with a really nice pass off the half boards to Mulgan playing yeah. center, I guess. But. And that in itself should have been the one goal that. Made made a difference. You're like, all right, we got a third line that got us one. Now the the rest should be okay. Yeah, Man, I, was, I still feel like you're getting you nothing know, out of Aston Reese at all, at all. The two guys you brought in, Aston Reese, Kubel yeah. can barely get in the lineup. Like they're I not. Don't know. Getting what, did, what did Mulligan get? Eight, uh, ten minutes, twelve minutes. Sure, but probably not. You know, uh, 
it, it was a great finish, and he can score, you know, if you give him yeah. a 40-foot breakaway, I guess. Yeah, that but was a lovely goal. It was lovely. It really yeah. was. Great against But it's Anaheim. still, <laughs> he's still, for me, outside of that, he was lost for a lot of minutes. Him in the D zone, he's all over chasing it around. It's not, it's not great. I am so, not team all. So, Malgan, he played 834. Yeah. Or 854, And sorry. Robertson? Robertson played a just over 11. He's averaging 12. Okay, but he only played six in L.A. Good point. Yeah, so maybe they're no, warming li- up a little I, bit there. I lied to you about that. Oh, no, uh, I can't see here. <laughs> okay. You need my glasses? Uh, my contacts are in. Uh, he had 802 yesterday. Yeesh. Okay. Right. It's just uh, and no power more. play time. Eight minutes. We're kind of back to where we were with Robertson a little bit on how much production can you get out of him if he's playing not enough, well under 10 with no power play. Yeah, you're not, not going to get enough to be happy. I will say this, though. He's not a liability when he's not scoring right now. Like, I don't mind. I, actually, I've liked the player. I did think today on the way in, you know, if we're desperate to trade someone to make a change or whatever, this guy looks like he's going to score in the league to me. He probably does to other people. I wonder if he, if they would consider using him in some way. I think they would consider using him. Robertson? But yeah. what, what right. happens now is the other side goes, I'm not sure what I'm getting with this and guy. Like, Trust me, so he's going to score 30. How are you yeah. trading for? Trakels was right. Should have traded him after he scored two <laughs> against the Stars. Is, is he a throw-in? Is he? Am I? Tra- are you trading him with the value that we're getting a top six player? Yeah. Or a That's, bottom you six are. player? You, you got to trade him saying, we're giving you a guy who's going to be top six forever, Arizona. Yeah. Just yeah. give us Chickren and move on. And then I go back to them and say, um, the, the six minutes you gave him in L.A., that's what yeah. you're giving me? And that's the issue. And that's why – and you said – you know, maybe they make a big. Tra- there's, there's no big trades like that, like Calgary's trade in in the yeah. regular season. There is not. You have to look at a bad team with a great player who is hoping to be good years from now. You're right. You start narrowing down like who's available. It's almost impossible to find someone. You know who looks pretty good though on uh, the OT winner last night, Jack Eichel. Mm, he's looking smooth again, boys. That's that's what, for points. It always just stuck out to me when he was right with Buffalo. Just that smoothness to his game, the hands, the skating, that shot. Like he the is intermittent a, effort. He, oh, well, I'm kidding. No, he, I kidding, mean, listen, he's been a bit of a punk his whole career. There's no, there's no doubt about it. But he's really playing well. Yeah, ten points, ten games, four, four goals, OT winner. Yeah, he plays seventeen forty four a night for Vegas. Isn't that funny? Yeah, like not, well, that's, not that's what happens when you have four lines you can roll. Well, see, this is, you know, I thought of this earlier when we were talking about ice time is the whole thing. You can go back to preseason and play Sheldon Keith clips where he's like, we got a third and fourth line we trust. We can finally roll four lines more, you know, take some minutes off our top guys. Mitch Marner is number one in the NHL in, in ice time among forwards, almost at 23 minutes. Uh, Austin Matthews is 10th, you know, not that many seconds behind him. So that's crazy. It is. There's uh, McDavid and Drysaddle are four or five. They're still in there. What are their numbers? In terms of uh, ice time, 2220 and 2222. And what's Marner's? Marner's 2250, so 30 extra seconds. Okay. So 2250 on average for Marner. Average. And Jack's? 1744. And Stone? Mm. Just under 20. Is he? I don't think there's anybody 
uh, on the forwards who are is over 20 minutes. On Vegas, no. And then I... Pasternak, 1934. You know, one player who I've always loved is that William Carrier. Uh, what? On Vegas. <laughs> I just, really? Okay. I don't uh, have an opinion on him. Huge. Just a big mountain of a man okay. who can skate and take it to the net. That, to me, is a, a fourth liner. No opinion. I have no opinion. That's Big all. Keegan Colasar guy. Hey, you want to know who I have an opinion on? But that's on? 10, 11 minutes yeah. of, of wearing a team down. Yeah. In theory, that's Aston Reese, but not in reality. Um, I think I have an opinion on somebody. I went to the Sabres game on Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Uh, a few, few takeaways from that. Excited first for of, this. First of all, uh, I went into the game. You know, Tage Thompson got that contract. I don't watch the Sabres that closely. I went to that and be like, yeah, he's a little overpaid. I was chirping some of the Sabres fans. I was like, yeah, he, pay- he is underpaid. He's <laughs> unbelievable. That guy is a monster. He scored two goals in the third period, tie the game. Victor Olsen scores a winner in overtime. Uh, the really pathetic turnout of a crowd was fired up for it. At- Sabres have a – they're in the spot where the Leafs were in 2016. Right? Yeah. It's just all hope right now. It's exciting. It's exciting. You're going this way now. Yes. You're going in a direction. You got fun players like they got Dalene and Power both without expectations still. Exactly. They both look so good. Dalene and Power and that Olsen can fire it. I but they gotta get more fans in that building. Yeah. It was Saturday night. There was more Blackhawks fan and Packers fans in that building than were Sabres fans. It was crazy. I was surprised to see it. Yeah, they haven't done a great job that way. Gula crew bailing, bailing on him for the bills. I feel like, but it is fun when you go to a game and you're like, Hey, it turns out Tage Thompson's the best player on earth. Yeah, Please yeah. Leave me like this. He's yeah. a 25 year old who's had one good season in NHL, but you have to hedge. I'm sorry. Thompson's 25. Yeah. I'm surprised by that. Did not think he was that old. What's that? Yeah, William Nylander's age? Am I wrong? I think he's been around. Tage Thompson age. That so, reveals so 25. So now you go, okay. As of yesterday. Happy he's birthday. 25, happy birthday. And I don't know, I hope he's a, a regular 35-goal scorer. He sure better be. But if he's if he is, and maybe he can squeeze out a career year every once in a while, then 7-1's a bargoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That reminds, you know, this is... Like, what's the cheapest deal right now on a great player? Drysaddle's eight point whatever. What's, like, Mar- what's Marshawn make? <laughs> yeah, I think does he, he make like six does he make like seven hundred fifty k a year? Marshawn makes in Boston. <laughs> yeah, did he ever get big money? I forget. No, I think. Uh, I think he's six. Wow, point something. heart trophy is he, votes is, all over the he, place. Has he got another year on his deal? We're gonna find Brad? out. Brad. He makes six point one two five for this year, the next year, the following year. <laughs> <laughs> wow. UFA in 20, 25, he, this, 26. Him and Michael see, Bunting are the same agent? See, it, was, was that wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't even debatable for him to, when he was negotiating, to pass Patrice Bergeron. And no, I think Krejci, too. I hate too. that. I, I think hate Krejci, the whole, you can't make Krejci, more than this guy Krejci your team was or... actually the highest. But that's, hey, Boston was smart. They just put an internal salary cap. I don't think that's But then Charlie the McAvoy you say, blew it you away. You pay me whatever you want. Yeah. What's he at, nine and a half? Nine and a half, yeah. Yeah. You say, you know, the times are different now. Things have changed. You pay the market rate. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even nine and a half is a, a deal when he could have easily argued that I'm the next Drew Doughty. Well, he's got Norris votes. You know, he, he is that guy. He throws his body, plays a ton. Nine, yeah, nine million for that. No, no problem. 
do that all day. Uh, any thoughts on New Jersey and the Metro Division? Uh, just, oh, the analytics start. boys are fire, just... fire Lindy Ruff. Well, I think the early. They, I think our mutual thought is, oh no, let hopefully the Devils aren't relevant. So we have to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's so boring. To me. I don't care. Maybe the Jer- I don't know what it is about them. I just uh, maybe it's New Jersey. You know what it probably is? It's just the the childhood hate for me. Those games, the Leafs losing them in the playoffs and getting sick shots and ugly hockey, like. I feel like that era uh, they've, of they've, Devils hockey yes. just ruined their but excitement forever. But they've also forever. been the ugly stepchild. They're like, you know, you're in the Tri-City area. The Islanders win all their cups. The Rangers are the Rangers. And then it's like, oh, New Jersey's here too. Yeah, but Hi they guys. won three cups. I know, but they're the. that's what I mean. They're eh, they're annoying. They did it with the winning defense. Sammy, yeah. any... Um, they actually scored a lot. Those feel horrible about your, your, your Leafs, but uh, feeling good that uh, Jack Campbell's a... Oh. A backup goaltender in Edmonton now with uh, Stuart Skinner. <laughs> Stuart Winner over there in Edmonton. <laughs> there are a few things that make me feel better. You do, do genuinely like that? What I do. <laughs> Absolutely. It makes me feel so much better. Like, yeah. I need, honestly, even if they're winning, I just want Stuart Campbell, or Stuart Campbell. Stuart Campbell's the <laughs> guy I went to high school with. Stuart Skinner to, uh, to hey, just continue to win. The good news is there's a very long runway for Jack here. I love it. I, great guy. Got his turn money. Turn it around. Go enjoy yourself, son. <laughs> it's great. All right. Yeah, put him move to, on. Uh, he's not retiring <laughs> he anytime pasture. soon. He's just going to play five years in Edmonton behind Stuart Skinner, collect his leanest Allmark money, and off you go. But Skinner is big, and he's he's got – he looks like an Ottinger. He looks like uh, yeah. just a Funny in a cap really world where you're, like, desperate for cap space – like, if you're Ken Holland and you look at Skinner and he's 23 and he's big and he's playing well and you're like, oh, well, yeah, but you didn't that know that in the time. Money. No, 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 you didn't. But you same, do wonder if that frees same, them up same to use the money differently. could have been that, you know, why, why wouldn't you just start with them and see where it goes? And, you know, Samsonov looks decent enough that you could have maybe not maybe gone to Matt Murray that early. Right. See if you need to fix the Samsonov thing. Go get someone after that. Well, I just... Him getting the start in the Battle of Alberta is a message. Saturday night? No? Oh, yeah. No, I I think so. Well, well, you know, their coach just keeps saying we think he'll give us the chance to win. 36 stops. And he did. Big... Yeah. How about the pace Connor's on right now? Yeah. Pretty good, eh? It's not bad. But is it still the same thing here? Like, as we talked about earlier in the show, it's like Austin, Mitch, no, Connor, Leon. If you guys there. don't go, you don't win. I think it's different there. I think, like, you can you can quibble about their decor in terms of how good it is, but to me, their forward depth is so much better than the Leafs. Like, that's the big difference. Wow. A Marchand or an Evander Kane, pretty good thing to have. For two st- superstars, and that's where Austin and Mitch go. Okay, who's it going to be on my left side uh, this week? Yeah, even having Leon, or sorry, uh, Hyman, nice little uh, winger to have. You know, it's it's no doubt now here in Toronto. That's a, you know all the pressure. We we're talking about the, the the D, but we we brought up that left side it, it, to start the season is Bunting, Engvall. Robertson. Robertson. I mean, is that is that your left side? It's your left side. <laughs> it really it is. It is <laughs> In what's the most there. literal sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, the, the bottom six to me is desperately searching for an identity. They are throwing things at the wall to create one. I, I almost think that this Nylander centering a third line is the best thing for them right now. Get it sorted out from there. Split clearly, up Martin Matthews and Marner, by the way. Do it. Clearly, we solved nothing today. No, we don't even aim to. But we had almost 2,000 people. No, we had over 2,000 people witness this, that we solved nothing. <laughs> yeah. Happy to bring it to you. Sammy, you feel better after two hours of uh, Leaf Talk? No. Okay. Uh, well, that's not our job. We're not therapists. Well, <laughs> if you don't feel better today, I don't think you're going to be feeling better tomorrow either because we're back we're once back. again. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Set a, send a rating and review and hit the like button for us. We like that. Happy well. Halloween. See you tomorrow. Be safe, everybody.